Hey everyone, another episode of Technical Explanation, the wrestling show. And today, my guest is George Dixon. George, how you doing, man? I'm doing great this morning. Thanks. Looks like you're on a tropical island. Where are you calling from, man? Well, I'm uh, down uh, near Hilton Head, South Carolina, but in Bluffton on the mainland. But uh, yeah, my background is uh, a palm tree. Actually, here it wasn't even at the beach. Uh, it was it was right here near near the house and uh, just caught a, a kind of decent little background on it. And uh, so, uh, you know, it, it makes me look like home. Yeah. Well, anyone in the north that's watching is jealous of you because uh, right now we have quite a different view up here outside. <laughs> well, we, we went through some really warm weather last week. Um, I think today is supposed to be about 60. So, uh, you know, cool, cooler for us. But, yeah, that would be relative to you very warm <laughs> yeah so uh man excited to have you on thanks uh thanks for being flexible we've uh, spoke a couple times supposed to shoot a couple of times finally are doing it now um so we're a couple weeks into the season what have you been able to do so far you know what are some of the tournaments or things that you've been doing now what are we three or four weeks in um what have you been up to well, it depends on which state you're in. I do yeah. Georgia and South Carolina, um, you know, obviously based out of South Carolina, but um, Georgia has been going for a week and a half longer. So they've actually been going for a dang near a month now. Uh, they started uh, the week before um, Thanksgiving. So they've been going for a little while. South Carolina is about a week and a half behind. So, but uh, for me, I've been, uh, I'm the head official for the Super 32 and coordinate the, uh, the guys for that. So going back to the uh, third week of October with the Super 32. So uh, the high school stuff has you know, been kicking up. And uh, so we have been very busy five and six nights a week uh, with that stuff. And then next week I go down to Florida for the knockout. And um, then the day after we have a, a tournament here locally at May River High School, the Shark Invitational, uh, two days, I think around 30 teams. So uh, it should be a, a nice show for uh, that one as well. Did I hear you right? So you started your season with a Super 32, just jumped right into that? That is uh, an amazing uh, event. And uh, Dave Barker and uh, Sarah Koenig, do, they do a great job with it. And uh, I've been very lucky um, going back to uh, my college time uh, and working uh, at Appalachian State's wrestling camps. I was lucky enough to meet Dave and his father, who both were high school coaches. And uh, then Dave wound up starting the tournament and uh, saw me at high school nationals uh, in Virginia beach. And uh, he's like, Hey, I, I want you to come down and work my tournament. So, you know, uh, having known him from there, I, uh, I wound up, uh, you know, stepping in to, to uh, coordinate his guys. And it's been uh, uh, beneficial for both of us. Uh, his tournament has, has blown up and it's obviously now one of the top, uh, if not the top uh, folk style tournament, in the country uh, for high school. So uh, obviously Fargo's a, a freestyle destination event. Well, Greensboro and super 32 are uh, that folk style uh, spot. So. Yeah. Uh, one of our past guests, Evan Burchett was there. And I think he drew that finals match between what was it? Was it Knox and Bassett? Was it Bassett? That one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a tough, that's a tough tournament, man, to start the season off. It used to be worse. Uh, now there, there's some other summer stuff happening. Um, it, it's not the uh, big, huge break from like state tournaments and then maybe high school nationals in Virginia Beach. Boom. And then it's October and it's a Super 32. 
uh, going back a ways when we first, uh, when I first jumped in with it, it was a one day event and we started at eight in the morning and we would finish after 11 PM and you're talking three on two, just a grind. Um, and, and, but every match from the first whistle is a state finals level match. And some cases they're, um, world level matches where, you know, where, where you have, cadet world champs and, and junior world champs and placers going at it, you know? Uh, so going back to fix and Snyder and, you know, there, there have been plenty of guys that came through and I know out of your home state, you talked to Harry McDonald and uh, Harry had one of those finals. The, um, I don't remember who it was, but yeah, uh, about five years ago, maybe. And well, it he was the, he had Dayton fix and Surrey. I don't know. Suriano? I think it was Fix and Suriano. Suriano and Fix, yeah. But it was a barn burner and on flow, and uh, it, it was the most watched match. Yep, that's it. Uh, you know, for flow, um, you know, as, as they're keeping up with, with which ones are being watched the most. So, uh, yeah, he, he got lucky. And I don't always place those guys in the finals. It's a, uh, you know, just kind of however, however it falls out. Now I will with the little quick guys, I'm not putting a, uh, you know, a bigger official in there. I'll save them toward the heavier weights, but you know, which is why Burchette was uh, down low um, in the little light squirty guys that are, you know, flying around everywhere. Awesome, man. Uh, wow. I mean, that I, I, that's on my bucket list. One of those tournaments and uh I'm not really good at my bucket list because the Ironman's here in Ohio and I've still never been to it, but uh, so maybe I need to take those a little more serious. Um, but South Carolina and Georgia, um, tell us a little bit about what's going on official wise in those two States. I mean, uh, I could guess, but I'd like to hear it from you. I mean, how are you guys doing with numbers? Well, unfortunately we're in the same boat as uh, the rest of the country with wrestling. Um, and the officials, you know, we, we just don't have enough. Uh, South Carolina, our, our big area, uh, Greenville Spartanburg, uh, they are at about half the numbers they would normally have. They normally run around 50 officials. They're down around 24, 25. Um, for us down in the low country, which is the coast of uh, South Carolina, my district runs from the Georgia border all the way to the North Carolina border and the whole coast. So uh, we're, it's based out of uh, Charleston, obviously, but uh, which is right in the middle. Uh, for us, also low numbers. Um, whether um, it was a, a COVID thing or uh, crazy parents, crazy coaches, uh, you know, just riding the, the officials too hard. Uh, I think a lot of factors have gone, gone into it. Uh, Georgia, same thing. Uh, there's a couple of large associations in the Atlanta area. One of those is uh, normally pushing about you know, 130, 150 officials on a given year. They're running about half that around 80. So um, a lot of guys getting a lot more work. Uh, schools are, we're having to tell them, look, you can't do all of your stuff in one night. Uh, you got to spread the stuff out. So with Georgia, uh, I work around the Savannah area uh, with, with that association. And uh, we have them spread out. I mean, we, we have stuff Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then obviously, you know, you'll have tournament stuff on Friday, Saturday. Uh, South Carolina, I'm in Beaufort County. And that is uh, all the high school pretty much runs on Wednesday nights. But they also were trying to run middle school, JV, 
everything on the same night, we don't have the guys to do it. I mean, we just are, uh, we're way too shy on, on bodies. So we, um, I, I deal a lot with the middle school because I work in a middle school and uh, I help our, our team there. And uh, we um, were told, I told them, look, we got to go Thursday nights. If we want to do middle school, if you want officials, you're going to have to go to Thursday night. So we did, we moved it off of Wednesday with middle school. We're doing Thursdays. And I think next year, um, the coaches and I, we've discussed it. Uh, we'll be probably doing JV stuff on uh, Tuesday nights to spread it out because we just don't have uh, the numbers. I love that we have the, the that problem. We've got so many schools that are wrestling for our county. It's more than we've ever had. The problem is we don't have the officials to take care of all the work on a given night in, of our uh, again, in our area on Wednesday nights. So, Hey, give your, uh, give your school and your team a shout out. What's it listening to the school and mascot? Well, we'll have to go with those, uh, mighty McCracken Bulldogs, uh, the, uh, green and black and white. Um, you know, they've been around for a long time and, uh, we actually, this past weekend, our middle school, uh, we do a qualifier. Uh, we actually have a middle school and JV state tournament. Uh, it's called the Carolina Invitational. It's uh, January 22nd. Uh, there's a qualifying round that started this past Saturday. And uh, the Mighty McCracken Bulldogs, they pulled a first for the school. They finished in the top spot. Nice. And uh, so we, we had uh, six in the finals. We had five champs, a runner-up. And we had 14 kids place and move on to the next round. So they had to be top six. And so they're moving on to... Somerville High School, uh, Coach Daryl Tucker up in, in uh, Somerville. Uh, he'll be hosting uh, that event, and um, they'll uh, get in there and, and uh, hopefully from that one uh, move on to the state tournament the following week, uh, which will be at Lexington High School in Columbia. So, okay, so uh, very, very happy with them. So Two qualifier, qualifying rounds and then state then? For, yes, for middle school JV. Okay. What do you have to place at the second one then? Third, top three. Top three. Yeah, awesome. yeah, so uh, we have a girls division in that as well. And uh, the girls division, you automatically qualify. Um, we don't have that many girls yet in the state wrestling, so it's not a sanctioned sport at the high school level. In Georgia, it has been for a couple of years. Um, but uh, South Carolina, we're not quite there yet. And um, so our girls all qualify um, to the tournament in Lexington, the Carolina Invitational. Uh, just by you know being a female wrestler so but the girls were allowed to wrestle last weekend and the boys stuff um, to get mat time oh cool yeah I mean that's the way that you have to start it right that's what they did in Ohio too while Ohio's not sanctioned I think this year will be the third uh, girl state tournament it's put on by the Ohio Coaches Association but the first year was if you wanted to participate you know sign up but then the next year, it just, you know, it blows up. So, you, you know, you got to do those things first, you know, and then for people to even know that they exist. So it sounds like you guys are on the right track there. Well, we're, um, we're trying. I mean, we, we got to, uh, again, like you said, start somewhere to make it happen. And um, we've, you know, we've been lucky um, again with our numbers. We need more, obviously, for the, for the ladies, but um, that, that's coming. The, the time is coming. I think women's wrestling right now is, um, a godsend uh for men's wrestling at the college level um 
it, it's really um, allowing us uh, that advantage of keeping focus on the sport where I think it had been waning uh, to a certain degree. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we kind of jumped into this, but I mean, you, so, I mean, you're a wrestling official, you're doing some of the best tournaments, uh, you're a coach. How did your wrestling story start? Like, how did you first get involved into wrestling? <laughs> uh, funny story. Um, my uh, coach actually came from Ohio. Um, our first, I'll back up one step further. H.E. McCracken, which is the middle school I work at, used to be the high school. And it was a 7 through 12. And um, back in the late 70s, uh, Coach Mike Story, uh, bless his soul, he just passed away not long ago. Um, he started the program at H.E. McCracken. So um, it was a couple years old. And, and when I jumped in as a sophomore, I didn't even start until my sophomore year. Um, but I went out and I think I was like four and two or something, you know, back up wrestling, you know, whatever I could get in. Um, and then I hurt my back. Uh, so my junior year, I'm like, mm, yeah, probably not going to do this anymore. And, uh, and my parents were uh, pretty excited about that. They didn't really want me wrestling anyway. Uh, but, uh, you know, my, my family it was more about coming off the top rope. It wasn't about uh, amateur wrestling. So they, they weren't exactly sure what it was anyway, but my junior year, um, Dave Martin, who was uh, at Coventry up in Ohio, uh, he Coventry? Moved, uh, Akron Coventry. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, so he was he was a zip back in the day. He had gone gone to Akron, but uh, he had moved down with his wife, um, and uh, they took over the wrestling team. and uh, And and he heard that I had wrestled the year before, and it's like, hey, hey. You know, I'm beating the bushes. He was also an assistant football coach. So he's like, I uh, got me in football. I was like, okay, come on. You, you got to get back out here. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll be okay. And he's like, nope, nope, you're coming. You're, you're going to be a part of the team. So I went back out and uh, I, on three days of practice, um, I went to a tournament and finished third. And uh, so he's like, see, it was meant to be, you're, you're supposed to be out here. So that hooked me. I did well at the tournament. And uh, so I went through my junior year. I finished second uh, in the state and um, my senior year, not as much, cut too much weight, um, did it, did it wrong. Um, I was helping out the team, but uh, I was a 167 pounder and I cut to 158. So I, I, I just lost too much weight. And after being undefeated at 167, uh, my senior year, I dropped to 58 and uh, still did well, but uh, I lost at our lower state tournament. Uh, the qualifier before the state round or the state tournament uh, finals. And, uh, you know, so it, it is what it is. I stayed around uh, locally. I coached at Hilton Head High uh, for a couple of years. My gig at practice uh, was to wrestle with uh, Scott Moody and Joe Beck. Uh, they were, Scott was a three-timer, Joe was a two-timer. And my job was literally just to wrestle those two and, and beat on them and make them better. And so that, that's what I did. And, uh, for a couple of years. And so, like I said, Scott was three time champ and, uh, and Joe was two time and they, uh, Scott wound up in um, faces in the crowd in sports illustrated. So didn't have the grades. Um, so he wound up looking at some JUCOs. He wanted to go to Clemson, just couldn't get in, uh, took some JUCOs uh, and looked at them with garden city, Kansas and, uh, to actually go to school. Uh, but he had gone to Lassen college out in California, Susanville, California, so uh, his dad was like, look, get the hell out of here. You need to go. 
So uh, nothing but trouble around here for you. You, you know, go go away. And so, having never been uh, to California or, or west of the Mississippi at that point, um, I was like, okay, all right. So I called the coach, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we can still use you or use somebody at the weight. So yeah, come on out. Um, that was uh, Dave Foster, who's now in the uh, Hall of Fame for California. Um, but I went up your way, uh, went through and saw a buddy of mine uh, in Columbus. So I uh, hung out on, on uh, High Street a little bit and then uh, went on uh, up to, um, uh, I'm going to space it, um, the Mohican. Went up to the Mohican, did some rafting, hung out up there, and then uh, drove on out um, on 80 and, and headed, uh, headed west. Got to Susanville, California, went up to Eagle Lake hung out at Eagle Lake uh, for a week and a half, two weeks before school started, jumped into wrestling and JUCO uh, wrestling in California is a different thing. Uh, at the time there were 60, 70 schools in uh, California that had uh, JUCO wrestling. And um, uh, I just, you know, the, the championships are run uh, in December. So they ran off. Heck it might've been last weekend as well uh, in California that they went off. But so we, we got done in uh, December with, with the wrestling stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I did that. Uh, I was looking at Humboldt college out on the coast and almost went to school out there to wrestle. Uh, one of the buddies, my Jeff Fernandez, uh, on the team went out to Humboldt. So, um, uh, we were going to both go there, wound up not doing it, transferred and went to app state. And, uh, I got to Appalachian state wrestled for a year, uh, knee had a little MCL issue and, I uh, was just on that ragged edge and, uh, you know, went over the edge. So I was done, uh, but I stayed, you know, obviously and finished up, got my degree, came back to uh, Hilton Head, and I was going to be um, trying to get work there. And just at the time, the economy sucked. And, and so I didn't get anything work-wise that I was looking for. So I went to work at the high school, uh, then Hilton Head High. Um, and because the H.E. McCracken, uh, my senior year closed and became a middle school. Um, and the high school was then Hilton Head High on Hilton Head Island. And um, so I graduated the first graduating class out of Hilton Head High in 84. Um, so and then in 92, I'm back there working and uh, wind up uh, the coach, again, an Ohio guy. Uh, he, uh, right before school started, decided he wasn't teaching anymore. So he was fed up with it, quit. And AD came to me, I uh, said, hey, um, you know, how about you being the head coach? Okay. So he put the football coach uh, as my assistant just for the administrative stuff, um, you know, because I'm coming fresh and I don't know anything about the eligibility and, mm -hmm. and uh, everything we have to do administratively. So he stuck um, the football coach with me for a year. And then um, uh, my next year, Scott Moody was uh, back in town and he was working and finished up as well with uh, college. And so um, I, he came in and was my assistant for a couple of years. Harry McDonald came in um, the second year with uh, Moody. And um, so Harry was, was my assistant as well for, um, you know, a good chunk of that tenure. And uh, then in 2000, I uh, was done after several state champs and uh, uh, rankings as high as a goodbye, Ty. My son Ty is leaving. Uh, Hi, Ty. He's going to have a, a little uh, afternoon with uh, work. And uh, so Love you, buddy. See you later. Love you. See you later. All right. Bye. So um, I uh, started reffing and uh, 
then, uh, you know, I was lucky. Um, God blessed me with uh, lots of good people around me. Um, main one, uh, you know, early on was Dino White. And Dino's here in South Carolina, uh, director of officials um, for the state. Um, and he, uh, I don't know what he saw uh, in me, but he's like, uh, okay, uh, you need to you need to come on and, and hit my coattails and, and I'm going I'm to take you places. Okay. So good deal. I'll do that. So my first year officiating, I did Georgia and South Carolina. So I was done coaching at the beginning of 2000 at the end of 2000, I'm refereeing doing both States. Cause I'm, you know, 18 minutes from downtown Savannah. Uh, so I'm, I'm refing both and I, I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm digging it. And, uh, well, on the Georgia side, Bud Hinnaball, who's, you know, way up in everything wrestling in the country right now, he does, he helps out with uh, D1s. He's a um, salesman for Resolite, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, high up in Georgia wrestling and also, um, you know, anything and everything else with uh, national uh, stuff with, with uh, wrestling as well. So Bud was down doing a tournament in Savannah and uh, he saw me. And he's like, uh, where have you been? Well, just, you know, I was coaching and now, now I'm roughing. So he pulled me in on the Georgia side and uh, helped fast track me on that side. Dino was fast tracking me on the other side. So first year, both states, now nah, you don't get a state tournament your first year. You're doing really well, but no, not going to happen. So my second year, Georgia, uh, I get a 3A state tournament. And um, at that time, I think there were five uh, 5A, you know, up, that was one to five, but so in the middle, um, South Carolina said, uh, after my first year, oh yeah, next year we'll, we'll get you. We'll, we'll, you'll be at the state tournament. Well, the next year I wasn't, but I did get the qualifier that round before, uh, for state. Uh, well that second year, Dino, who is doing high school nationals, which is then, uh, the NHSCA senior nationals, uh, it was in Cleveland. And, um, so he's like, all right, come on up. We're going to go hang out in Cleveland, ride up with me. We're going to uh, hobnob with the other officials uh, with, uh, you know, uh, Bob Ferraro and Jeannie Ferraro. We'll hang out with them. It'll be great. And uh, we'll try to get you in up here and, and work in this. I was like, okay, well, the week before uh, we're or the week we're supposed to head up uh, Dino's water heater blows up. Dino says, Hey, dude, I can't make it with you, George. You're going to have to go. And uh, said, but I talked to the Ferraros. They're good. I told them I had a guy who could get the job done. So you're going to take my spot. I was like, what? I'm, wait, what? No, no. So I went up and hung out with the guys. And um, these are, you know, at that time, you know, a lot of college guys were still reffing that. Um, and at that time, it was still top two uh, state uh, placers. Uh, you had to be a state finalist to even get to senior nationals. Um, you know, today, you, you know, you, you can come. Uh, it's not as stringent with uh, the requirements uh, to qualify. So back then you had to be top two. And there were uh, a lot of just strong, strong high school wrestlers there. So uh, that basically was, uh, honestly, every match was a finals match. It, it was that level. So I got up there and I did a good enough job. Um, I got a final, you know, my first year up there. And then I, I ran through NHSEA and I got finals uh, every year for, I don't know, about 15. And um, then um, the 
head official for that, um, we had moved, uh, I did three years in Cleveland, then it went to Pittsburgh to the Peterson Center for a year, and then it moved uh, down to Virginia Beach where it is now uh, at the convention center. Well, the guy that was in charge um, had a falling out with the Ferraros, and um, so Dino became the director of officials. And uh, so um, I, I, you know, was right by his side, again, luckily, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, Dino had been there from the start, uh, from the very first one. And um, so I just, I was lucky. So then, um, you know, it got bigger and bigger. And then we had the national duels going and that got bigger and bigger. And so I've been lucky enough that, you know, Dino with the director, we needed more help. So I became the coordinator of officials for the NHSEA. <clears throat> and that was probably, I don't know, four years ago, maybe. So uh, I'm no longer on the mat in Virginia Beach. I'm there coordinating the guys, uh, you know, the lead-in stuff and uh, that sort of thing. And then with um, the national duels for the NHSCA in Virginia Beach, I'm there again, not on the mat, but, um, you know, I get to uh, evaluate and help, um, you know, the guys give them feedback, help them get better. Uh, it's kind of a, that, that bouncing up from there to high school nationals now uh, out of the duels. And so uh, we've been lucky. That's been growing and growing. And now it's, I think, I think they're going to uh, 68 mats this year um, in Virginia Beach. So it's, it's huge. But uh, again, luckily, I've been in, in position to help others. Um, I, I've had lots of folks uh, along the way that I, I've been lucky enough to work with. Again, Harry being one of those. And he's now our... Um, co-head for the national duels uh he and uh, carlos mansell who's a big 12 official and um I, i've been lucky enough to to uh have worked with carlos from early on uh with harry from early on and um you know i, I could name drop all day with, with people i've been lucky enough to work with and guys that are super high level and and uh i just you know i'm lucky enough to call them uh friends you know and uh I, I get to pick their brains when, when I need information. Um, so uh, it, it's, again, it's just been a blessing for me. That's awesome. A lot to unpack there. Uh, it's funny. Uh, our pa <laughs> Yeah. But there's some, some, uh, some paths crossing though. So Coventry, when you said Akron Coventry, um, I, I'll always remember, this is what I think of when I hear Akron Coventry. So my first ever state tournament getting to go watch, I was in, it was 1994. And uh, we won state that year as, as a team. Uh, they, my, uh, my dad was a high school coach. Well, the, the next year when we went, uh, we didn't win. We lost to Akron Coventry. And uh, they came out of the tunnel. We had this big tunnel uh, at the state tournament. They came out of the tunnel. I'll never forget this. Cowboy hats and cowboy boots. They come up there to get their trophy. <laughs> so we're all second, you know, second place. Not, I, I mean, I'm a little kid but the, it looks like someone stole the team's dog or something, you know, <laughs> like second in the <laughs> isn't bad. Uh, but that, that's funny. Akron Coventry. That's my Coventry story. But um, in all of that and all of that, like what has kept you doing, you know, it's a busy schedule. So through yeah. all the time, what has kept you going and trying to, you know, keep improving because you don't get to do the things that you just listed that you've done without, you know, working your tail off. So What's been the motivating uh, factor for you throughout that? Well, going from uh, coaching to refing, um, I, I just, 
I saw enough of my kids get screwed with uh, poor officiating that I just, I didn't want to get away from the sport because the sport at that point had already given me so much. And, um, you know, I just, I, I enjoyed being around it. I felt like I had a, a good enough demeanor that I could be uh, a solid official. But like you said, it, it took work. Um, and I'm going to throw one more name out there, Stephen Curtis. Uh, Stephen is, uh, you know, a BFF, my brother from another mother. Um, you know, uh, he's a Missouri guy that lives in Savannah now. And um, he, we started out, he was already officiating when I got done coaching. And I actually yelled at him plenty of times when I was coaching. So uh, we, we went back a little bit with that uh, when I would take my teams over to Savannah and we would wrestle in that direction. But um, we jumped on board with each other to push one another to get better. Um, he, he didn't like things I was saying to him about what he was doing as an official. And he took it as a challenge to get better. And he got better. And then he would see me doing stuff and he'd get on my backside and I would get better. Um, so we were like cross county rivals that two teams that push each other to get better, you know, and both of them get that much better because you got that other one, you know, to, to help you. And uh, so we were lucky enough that we pushed each other to a point that um, we both were at the state tournament. Um, we, we, I, I got him, you know, and I was doing college before him. And uh, so I got him into doing college and he cusses me regularly because of that, but he's, uh, you know, he got to do D2 nationals. I got to do D2 nationals. Uh, then he made D1s and uh, he got to do that, you know, three times, I think. And um, then uh, he uh, retired and uh, then they pulled him in to be the, this year, he's the coordinator for the Pac-12 uh, for the officials. So, you know, humble beginnings. And, and we just, we had that rapport with one another where we could give each other a ration of you know uh feedback and uh, the way i always explain it i'm going to give you the feedback if anybody any official asks me if i can help them i'll help them um but i gotta see them first and i'm gonna give you honest feedback when i see you and i tell them i'm gonna give you both barrels square in the chest you might not be happy with what you hear from me because i am going to be honest uh, from wrestling, we know that uh, as, as coaches, if we aren't being honest with the kids, they're not going to get better. You can blow smoke up their ass and, and tell them that they're the greatest thing ever. But if you aren't being honest with how good they are or how bad they are, what their mistakes are, they're not going to get better and they'll never get to a place where they need to be uh, potential wise. So officials we do that as well so we'll get uh that buddy that that guy that you know you can do that with and be that way with and he and i were that way and uh we still are um so uh, i've been lucky again to to have those types of guys and and he and i you know came i i was doing the southern scuffle and i, I did for i don't know 12 15 years i did for a long time as well um and he um uh, got you know we we would travel a ton together. Uh, we were heading to the Hokie Open uh, one year, and uh, it was nasty weather and rainy. And he was sleeping. Uh, we were driving his vehicle, 
and uh, I'm driving and I'd hit a wet spot and I only had one hand on the wheel. I was like, whoa, hydroplaned a little bit. And so I put both hands on the wheel. It wasn't five minutes later that the tire blew out. And luckily I had both hands on the wheel or else we'd have gone over the guardrail and down probably a hundred foot drop uh, because when that tire blew, it yanked. And luckily I had both hands on the wheel. God said, hey, uh, we're going to give you this puddle back here to wake you up, get both hands on the wheel because you're going to need it here shortly. And sure enough, uh, boom, the tire blew. And he's like, whoa, what? He came flying out of his, you know, his seat, like what's going on? And so uh, we were lucky enough that we, we made it on in, um, you know, on a spare tire, but uh, scary stuff. Another time he and I were going to Pitt Johnstown for D2 regional and uh, there was a snow cane blowing, blowing through, uh, you know, Pennsylvania and, and uh, Delaware and Maryland. And it was just nasty. And um, he was over there, hands dug into the, the dash of the car, man. It was a, uh, it, it was scary stuff. And, you know, we're driving through the snow and right behind the snow plow, nobody else on the road, um, you know, and, and uh, it, it, we, we parked at a truck stop and they had just scraped the parking lot pulled in, left the heater on, uh, slept for a little bit because going through the snow, we were only doing 20, 30, 30 miles an hour. And it was uh, taking a lot longer to get where we needed to be. So uh, we got up there and, uh, you know, uh, up Cora at, at UPJ and, um, and Bruce Hasselrig, Bruce was the guy in charge. And, and he's like, well, <laughs> glad you guys finally made it. So uh, we got there and the, the drifts were UPJ were up. Uh, three-story buildings they were up to the windows on the third story this the just crazy but nice. i've been lucky I, I've, I've had you know great people that have been around me and i've gotten to be around and um you know my child who like I said just went out the door a minute ago uh he's had a lot of these guys as his uh surrogate dads when we're at tournaments and uh they, they he goes and hangs out with them and guys from you know california from ohio from uh, Colorado, uh, he's, you know, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, obviously, but uh, he, he's gotten to see them and uh, he's going to be the next one um, on the tree. Uh, you know, he's been reffing since he was in ninth grade and, uh, you know, now he's uh, a senior this year and next year he'll get to start doing some, uh, you know, South Carolina and probably Georgia varsity. So, well, that's awesome, first of all. Um, but I bet he has some good insights to you know kids his age too i, I bet he could be a, a resource to try to get more young people to follow you know in his footsteps he's obviously following in yours but i mean that's that's those are the officials that we need right yeah we need the youth um and we we do our best to beat the bushes um south carolina we go to uh, you know different colleges and stuff and and try to just do little clinics with them and uh, you know, when they'll do like their camp stuff, when they're doing tournaments or, or whatever, at the end of the tournaments, we try to get there, send somebody in, um, to, uh, do that, whether it's Dino, myself, or Carlos Mansell, who's a South Carolina guy, uh, we will try to go in and, and, uh, at least get, uh, some eyes on them and, and try to do a little fishing, you know, try to get them hooked and maybe get, you know, one or two guys, um that, that are in there and we need those younger guys and we'll do it at, at um, high school tournaments as well you know we're talking 
And, it, it, you know, uh, we did a senior night over in Savannah at, at uh, South Effingham um, last week. Um, so one of the kids, he, he's a senior, not going to college. He's staying and going to a, a tech school. So I heard that when they were going, hey, yeah, this one and this one. Oh, and this guy's tech school. He'd be staying local. Okay. So I went over and grabbed him and, and we had a little chat and said, uh, you know, hey, how about maybe uh, refereeing? You know, uh, once you graduate, you're going to stay in the area. Yeah, we, we'd love to have you. And uh, so it, it's working, I guess, to an extent. Um, but um, we, we have a couple of guys that went to Limestone College, um, uh, Upper State in Gaffney, uh, South Carolina. They're back home, both teaching, and uh, they're in the Charleston area. And we have those guys uh, refing now. And so uh, hopefully within a few years, they're going to be seasoned enough. We can get them to the state tournament as well. Um, Dino has already said with Ty, He's like, yeah, old Ty Ty. He said, I'm going to have him at the state tournament. He's going to beat my record. I said, uh, which record is that, Dino? He said, I did my first state tournament at 21. He said, he's going to be there before that. And uh, so, but he's gotten to go to Jazztown Duels, Super 32, high school nationals, um, you know, and, and he's gotten to see that level already. And at Super 32, he was, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. And he had a, uh, we have two evaluators there and um, he grabbed some evaluation sheets and he was evaluating and he was on point with some of the stuff that the guys were, were missing. And um, it's more mechanical stuff, you know, positioning, that kind of thing. Um, not that they were blowing calls because they're all really good. Yeah. And uh, th those officials there don't blow a lot of calls, but mechanically they may have been a little off on something their timing they they threw the takedown a little late you know or a little early uh which we know happens uh d1s uh, when doc mccormick was in charge they always had uh every year we had uh the tough calls videos and those were from the best guys in the country doing the d1s and and he would have clips of, of things that they missed um uh, so we all we're human we can make mistakes and it doesn't matter if you're a, a guy just starting out, which you're going to make more mistakes, or if you're a, a D one guy doing nationals or D two nationals, whatever uh, you're, you can make mistakes. We all have to work on our craft uh, regularly to get back to your point earlier. Um, you got to work on it and you got to get feedback and you, you, you have to have someone that's going to be honest with you and things I always tell uh, up and coming officials. And I had this conversation with a Georgia guy who's not an up and coming guy. He's been officiating for 18 years. He's he finally made the state tournament last year due to COVID because a lot of the older guys didn't want to come because of COVID. So he got pulled in. And um, so he called me, actually, it was early, it might have been Sunday, Sunday or Monday this week. But anyway, he, um, we talked for an hour. And I was like, so these are the things you need to work on. I said, first, get yourself a mentor, somebody who can give you honest feedback and that you'll listen to when they give you the feedback. Second, get a notebook. Put weird situations in the notebook, whether it's something that happens to you, whether it's something that happens to another official that you see, because you can watch other guys and see things that are good and bad or whatever, see calls they make and you know, if it's a weird situation, write it down. So the third thing you do, you get a camera, get a cheap video camera, an iPad, whatever, 
set it up on the corner of the mat, set it by the head table, you know, whatever. Um, I decide if I'm going to do it, it's by the head table. Because then if there are interactions with the coaches, you can hear what you said. You can hear how you handled the coach. And you may want to adjust how you're doing stuff in that area of your officiating. So you take the information, you can watch your video, you can see how you did what you did and make adjustments, all right? The big eye in the sky, it don't lie. It's gonna show you what you did right and wrong, show you your positioning, show you your signals. You'll see all that. So with your notes that you got in the book, talk to your mentor, call them, say, look, here's the situation, what do you think? I said, call me. I said, I got, I'll talk wrestling. I love talking wrestling. You, I, you're saying like three words this whole time, right? So I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just mowing down the words. <laughs> I don't mind talking wrestling. And so I said, call me, dude, you, you know, you're going to get better hopefully. And uh, you, you got to have the feedback. So um, anyway, that, that's what you need to do. Get the notebook, get the video, get a mentor, someone you can throw stuff back at and they can give you honest feedback. I love it. That's going to be a, that's going to be a short clip for sure. I'm writing down right now. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, at the very beginning, we talked about kind of how we've gotten this situation and the situation we're talking about is a shortage of, of officials. Um, pretty much every state other than Texas. I don't know if Rex Anderson's just selling me a good line of line of goods, but they, uh, from, from what I hear, they have more officials now than they did pre COVID. So uh, good for them. But again, we've got this shortage, let's say everywhere else. Um, and a lot of it, you know, is due to some of the treatment that uh, officials take. So, you know, you just talked about how if you're an, if you're an official and you want to become better, um, those are the three things that you need to be doing. Um, what are some things that maybe uh, coaches uh, could be more mindful of or do to maybe, uh, you know, reduce... <laughs> you know, the attrition of, of, of officials, you know, how can, how can they still, um, let's say, argue it's not the right word. How can they still campaign for what they believe is the right call for their wrestler, um, but do so in a way that isn't um, abusive to officials? I mean, what are some things that you've seen or coaches you admire for how they do that? Well, uh, jump back real quick to Rex Anderson. Uh, Rex and I go a ways back as well. Um, and uh, Jaron Quincy is the other one in uh, Texas. Those guys do a great job out there. And, and they, um, they're they you know on point with what they do and how they do it. And uh, yeah, I love those guys to death. But um, coaches, having been a coach, I, I was a dick. I mean, I, I was in the corner. I, I was loud. I was you know, but I wasn't loud and crazy toward the officials so much. Um, I would get loud if they missed a call that was an obvious call, but I picked my battles. I, I wasn't chirping the entire match about, you know, every little thing. Pick the battles that you can possibly win as a coach. Don't lose your mind over a caution that the guy's an inch above the elbow and, and you want that Dude, if you're trying to win the match on cautions, <laughs> you know, you you probably need to do more work in the room. You know, uh, coaching we know um, is you, you got to get it done in the room. Some of the best coaches in our state, or the two states, are guys that they bust their humps in the room with the kids. And the kids know what to do if the coach were to lose his tongue or, or have laryngitis and not be able to talk 
those kids would know what to do when they got on the mat because it's muscle memory. It's getting the work done in the room and it becoming instinctive. Because if you're having to think about what you're going to do on the mat, a better kid's going to eat you alive because you're a half a second behind everything. So, yeah, you might be a, a first-year guy or a guy that's not that great. Okay, you'll win most of your matches. But when you get with the better competition and you're having to think about stuff and not be instinctive, it's not going to work. So, coaches, pick your battles. Pick your battles about what you're arguing. You, uh, we know that the wrestling rules book is one of the smallest and thinnest books there is in the National Federation of High Schools. Why? Because there's so much gray. There's so much judgment involved for the official. Most of the time, you're not going to win the whatever it is you're arguing about. I've changed calls. I, I was doing a college match and I changed the, the call and it was um, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I think. They were down in, in South Carolina wrestling and um, I changed the call. And the coach, you, you, you what? You're, you're changing the call. Uh, yeah, um, you're right, coach. It was the, it was the wrong, it was the wrong call. And um, after the duel, he came over, he's like, we, we would never, I've never seen that happen. The guys, you know, they just, they won't do that. It's like, I got no problem doing it. I, I'm out here to try to get the call right. I, I'm not trying to screw you. We don't show up trying to, I'm going to screw this team today. That's not what we do. We're, we're guys that love the sport and, and, and we want to give back to the sport. So we're not out there trying to, okay, I don't like uh, red. Red makes me mad. Yeah, I'm wearing a red shirt. And so that doesn't really apply. But um, so I'm going to pick on the red team today. I, I don't, you know, um, I, I, that's what I'm going to do. So that's not the case. I mean, with probability, you can flip that quarter 50 times and you might have a streak of 10 or 12 in a row of all heads. Sometimes the calls go that way. And you just think it's a, you know, we're picking on your team. It's just, that's how it happened. And, and that, that, those close calls all happen to go toward the other team. And it's, we're not picking on you, but coaches need to understand that they are part of the, the, the problem the, you know, they're there helping the kids as well. And coaches have a huge impact on the kids and more so often than the parents, because it's a, what you go in a wrestling practice and deal with, with the level of, of stress, the level of uh, cardio endurance and, and the stress of trying to learn new stuff. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough thing to do. And coaches do a wonderful job. I love them for what they do. Uh, I love the impact they have on our kids. And uh, the sport's a great sport for that, for learning the discipline and, and taking ownership for your mistakes. But the coaches, they have to understand that a, a new official can't be treated. And, and I'm not saying that an older, more senior official should be treated a certain way, but they're going to be able to handle it a little bit better. The skin's a little bit thicker. They've done it a little bit longer and they can deal with your nonsense better. Um, we have tools in our toolbox or our tool belt. Okay. One of them is, is an unsportsmanlike conduct. 
if the coach is getting out of line, whack them. Okay. A young official, they may be a little bit more afraid or hesitant to, to hit that unsportsmanlike. I got no problem. I'll hit you for unsportsmanlike. Coach, understand. You come to the table, we'll talk. And I'll tell them in my pre-meet. You come to the table, we talk about it. You probably aren't even going to walk away with misconduct. Now, everybody on here is going to go, oh, no, if he comes to the table, you got to hit him. Well, by rule, you're correct. I do have to hit him. But if I'm not wanting to create an adversarial relationship with this coach, all right, I'm going to have him come over and talk to me. And we're going to discuss it. And I'm going to say, okay, good. You understand? Okay. And they go away. No problem. But if you're coming from the bench or if it's a tournament and you're in the chairs in the corner and you're losing your mind, you're going to get an unsportsmanlike conduct coach. And that's just, that's how it's going to be. Um, I, I hate it that you, you know, feel that bad about whatever it is. Um, but I, I'm out here making the calls and I'm doing the best I can. I'm not trying to screw your kid. I'm not trying to get your kid hurt. I'm, I'm trying to be as fair as I can with the rules. I don't care which kid wins. I don't. I have no dog in the fight. I don't care, you know, where if you're from Ohio or you're Georgia or Florida or Cali, I, I don't care where you're from. Okay, so you spent $3,000 to $5,000 to get to this tournament on the East Coast. Okay, that's got no effect on the or bearing on how I'm making my calls. I'm not going to give you a, a favorable call because you spent more money than this guy who's from Virginia coming to the tournament and he got to drive and, and spent 20, 30 bucks in gas. You know, got to, no, I'm going to make the calls as fairly as I can. Either way it goes. I, I'm not trying to screw your kids and coaches need to understand that not only do our kids uh, learn their behavior with the way they act and treat officials, um, but the way they do it uh, will influence how they do coach if they come back to coaching. I've seen kids that are coaching now, now men that are coaching, that their coaches in high school were raving lunatics. And now these guys are pushing the boundaries of being raving lunatics. So they're going to learn from you. So I always try to go to the coaches and I actually pulled a coach aside one time and I said, look, you, the way you're acting, you're saying that we need more, more officials, you know, younger officials. I agree with you, coach. I absolutely agree. We need younger officials. Let me ask you this question, coach. If, your kids on your team were to go out and officiate and you treated them like you treated the official that was just on the mat and it wasn't me it, i was the head official and he was berating the official that was out there said if your kids see you treating officials like that how many kids on your team do you think would be interested in going out to be a wrestling referee they've seen how you treat officials do you think they want to go out there get on the mat put on the stripes and blow a whistle with you in the corner think about it would they coach probably not but yet you want younger some younger officials out here you're part of the problem coach 
you, sir, are part of the problem. You hit it on the head, man. Um, you know, this we've done three events this year for the junior I team. I get to coach, and uh, I always in our coaches meeting, I always just say, Hey guys, it's a junior high tournament. We we have we have shortage of officials. Let's not lose our minds today. No one's getting a scholarship. And uh, if you would, you know, at the end of the day or at some point, tell them official thanks and you're you're yeah. grateful for them being here. And you just set the day that way. Um, at least I'm hoping I am. Um, you know, so that's that's just something that we can do too. It's a little uncomfortable because no one says that, right? And be the one guy in the room that says, hey guys, think about the officials. But I think it, it's it's a little thing that we can all do and it doesn't cost me any money. It costs me a couple words, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, Dude, this has been awesome. Really appreciate your time. I have one more. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball out here. I don't even know if you watched it. If you watch any of the journeyman duels that were going on yesterday and the day before. Unfortunately, I did not. I know several of the guys that were down there refing it, but uh, I didn't get to watch uh, any of it. Uh, All right. Well, watch the NC State and the NC State Iowa match with uh, Jaden Ironman. And I want to know if uh, there was a defensive fall that might have been missed because that is all that is going on on Twitter right now. Yeah, I, I heard, uh, I did have someone mention that to me, but I, I didn't see it, so I really couldn't comment on it. Just, just uh, if it was or wasn't, um, you know, so uh, I will get to it uh, <laughs> probably here over the break. But, uh, yeah, I just haven't done it yet. Um, so um, I will, and I'll get back with you on it about that. But, yeah. Not to ruin it, but, if, you know, next time those guys wrestle, I mean, if that match goes the other way, NC State wins that duel. Absolutely. It was tight. It was yeah. tight. Those, those teams both wrestled uh, tough and Papalizio is doing a great job. I oh, mean, he's doing he's a great job. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, there, who was it? Um, I can't remember. Caleb Young got lefty headlocked through his, yep. through his back and pin too. So yep. a lot of good stuff there, man. Big bonus points, man. Big bonus points. Too. Huge. It's huge. I mean, a major, it's nice, but you get six. Yeah. That's huge in a duel like that. So, well, hey, and it probably doesn't happen next time. He probably yeah, doesn't. You're right. Uh, yeah. you're, right. <laughs> you're right. Hey, stick on. All right. I want to catch up with you after. Will do. All right. Thanks. Thanks.